I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Ding, 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 Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five oh, sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. I'm Andy. Andy Matthews. And I'm Alistair George William Trombley Virtual and presenting to the program. And introducing. Can we do an, an introducing? Like, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Cameron Diaz in The Mask. You know? She got it. That was her first film role. And introducing Cameron Diaz. This is your yeah. first podcast, right, it's, Angus? I mean, like it's I've never uh, existed before this moment. Before. <laughs> <laughs> For me... A baby doesn't become a human until mm. they appear on a podcast. Their first podcast, yeah. yes, down in indelible digital. Uh, it's Angus. Hello, hello. <laughs> Already, everybody has used hello? so many words I don't understand. Indelible. Inde- you say uh, before it sounded like indelible. It's one of those stains indelible you just digital. can't get out. You know, I mean, you keep scrubbing this bloody indelible stain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? until the blood comes. Yeah. You guys have one of those until it, the stain seems to be seeping onto your skin. It's spreading. <laughs> it, it's spreading. It's in front of my eyes. It's on my brain. Is there is there a stain that? that is there anything like that that you can, you try to get out and it just spreads to you? Maybe disease? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, viruses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I cool. guess that's a stain, isn't it? Yeah. What, do you think it would be possible to get a scab on your eyeball? And how good would it feel to pick that scab? Let's... <laughs> okay, let's... I mean, this is a two-part thing, so let's address it. Um, yeah. Angus. One, I think it's definitely possible and we should start an experiment right now. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that's that suggests that the eyeball heals itself like that. I guess it does. In it, a mu- way. it must heal in some way, but mm. I, you know, I, it's I, not skin though, is it? It's not skin, so does it still scab? And it's not blood. It's probably more like an eye fluid. Gunk. Eye it's gunk. Probably because if it if it was if there was red blood going into your eye, you might see everything a bit tinged red or more red. But then sometimes people. But you might have a rosier disposition towards life. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But the- I thought I had rose-tinted glasses. It turns out bleeding, bleeding inside my eyeball. But I am still very optimistic about very the future. about the possibilities of recovering from this eye damage. Recovering from this irreparable eye damage. And when the blood goes across my eyes, I'm becoming angry. Angrier than I've ever been before. Oh, yeah. That's but- this is... The I two... think I will calm, calm down <laughs> yeah. from that anger. This is the two. This is the flip side, isn't it? You've got the red mist that descends over your eyes and makes you kill everybody in a bloody rage, mm. and then you have rose-tinted goggles. And I guess your perspective on whether or not it's a red mist <laughs> or a rose-tinted glasses mm. depends on whether or not you have rose-tinted glasses, glasses or not. So I would say that even if you were a very optimistic person yeah. and a blood rage descended over your mind, you mm-hmm. would still interpret that in a positive way. Well, you've good opportunity to finally rid yourself of your enemies. That's the, right. The Thorgansons. <laughs> the Thorgansons. 
Yeah. I mean, they could either be a tribe of sort of marauding people or they could just be your next door neighbours. I can't tell. Either way, I'm burning down their lodge. Ah. (laughs) And meeting at the front door with an axe. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to cover the exits, don't you? You've got to be there. So many people just burn the lodge. You burn the lodge. If what if they've got a very great fire safety plan? Every weekend they're practicing meeting at their That's assembly true. point. Mm. You've got to be at the assembly point with an axe, as they are dislodged mm-hmm. by mm. the fire, by, by the, the fire, fire. and yeah. by you, <laughs> and dismembered. Well, yeah, to dislodge somebody could be to assuming this was one of those um, one of those lodges where that had requires a membership. That's why you've got to get out of any lodge by <laughs> ten a.m. in the morning because they start burning them down after that. Yeah, well, why, why, why would you make a cabin out of wood or a lodge out of wood so, if it wasn't so that you could burn it? Yeah, that's why I never stay in a coal-based lodge. That's right, yeah. It's a log cabin. Yeah. There's a coal cabin. Yeah. Coal lodge. What about there's... a match cabin or like a gasoline cabin? Oh, my God. Or a cabin made out of pure sunlight. <laughs> I mean, in a way, log cabins are made out of sunlight because all the energy that mm. is embodied in the chemicals comes from the sun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. consider that. So when you burn it, it's just like you're releasing the light that's been trapped in there. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Secondhand sun or like stored sunlight. Yeah. yeah, so essentially you're not burning, you're getting a tan. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Third degree tan. Does that mean, I mean when that's... you are going to get rid of the Thorgensons, you should put on sunscreen beforehand? Yeah, exactly. and definitely not on them. Maybe hide their sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, so even if they don't die from the fire, they will have a higher risk of melanoma. Mm, Absolutely. You'll get them one way or another. Or at least this is the way that we would see it, depending on whether the mist is a, a, a red mist over their eye. Or, or a rose-tinted mist. A rose-tinted mist. mist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like one of those raging optimists who's normal most of the time and then sometimes the rose-tinted mist comes down over their eyes mm. and they go into a frenzy of positivity. Well, it could be a, a rageaholic who has a really high white, blood cell count, mm. right? To dilute the red and so, make well, it well, more yeah, pink. His, his red, his red mist comes down, but it's actually a pink glaze. <laughs> and it just kind of, you know... So maybe the red mist is a diagnostic tool to tell whether or not you're suffering from some kind of late-stage leukaemia or something like that. <laughs> you know, you go I to... mean, maybe, but I think having a really high blood, white blood cell count... Oh, is that a sign that I you're battling you, something? I think high it is, yeah. blood cell is generally... Good, right? High white... Uh, Unless it's... It, obviously, not. the cancer is such a... Because leukemia is in the white blood cell. But uh, isn't white blood cells what attack viruses? And you, normally yeah. when you get cancer, you, your white blood cell drops. Mm. And that's why you're susceptible to, like, secondary infection. I thought that you... You're uh, susceptible to secondary infection. Look, and I have no idea. And you might be coming to this with having actually read something as opposed to just having had things no, filter in from the environment. No, I read anything. Okay, I would just good. make it up on the spot. That's reassuring because <laughs> that's also what I do. So my theory mm. is that the, you, you cancer, you don't necessarily have the risk of secondary infection until you start something like radiation therapy. Or chemo. Which, or chemo, which I think reduces your white blood cell count in an attempt to uh, take the cancer. Anyway. And this is another episode of Guessing How the White Blood Cells Work. This is science. Medical speculation. Live. The only way to get to truth through the Socratic method. Three people talking on a podcast. Uh, Angus is punching the air. Because it is full of enemies. 
and the only way to prove it isn't is to punch it. Mm. And now, if the air gets in the way, that's its problem. And now the to the second part of the question, would it be satisfying to pull the scab off the eyeball? I think, I think imagine this, right? You've got a scab covering your pupil, so you're blind, right? Not only are you blind... But also you've got that scab, which would make it hard to close your eyes and all that sort of thing. Oh, it would hurt so under the your eyelid. Eyes, your eyes healed, okay? Now, you peel back the scab. Not only do you get the satisfaction of peeling a scab, which is a high level of satisfaction, you also get <laughs> the gift, you get your sight back, <laughs> right? Which would be also beautiful. Yeah. And I guess imagine the eyeball probably doesn't have any pain sensors that many or any... No, that's right. That's when you yeah. get poked in the eye. It doesn't hurt at all. It is uh, notoriously oh, one of the pa- most painless experiences you can undergo. I think it's mostly eyelid pain that you're feeling a lot of the time. Referred all right, let's, let's uh, test this theory. You open your eye very wide. Yeah. Okay, but don't touch my eyelid. I don't want to get hurt. I'll imagine that you'd get rid of this, the scam, not like appeal but like the biggest bit of sleep ever like you're just like rubbing it like that and all oh. the scab is like flaking out mm. Mm. yeah that's great. how i'd like to do it yeah yeah sure sure i wonder if the eye scab in my mind could even it could even be like a special kind of scab like transparent mm. like like a, like a bit of lens but like lens scab or cornea scab you know uh. and then and you'd get it out and you'd be able to look at it with your functioning eye and you'd be like that looks cool and that's another type of satisfaction three levels of satisfaction scorniab scorniab <laughs> Anyway, um, picking, picking, picking eye scabs. Uh, is I that a sketch? I'm not 100 sure it's a sketch yet. Uh, what about this? You get a knob on the front of your t-shirt. No, <laughs> no. no. We watch I, a sketch I, show. You, yeah, you pitched that. Good. It was like how to stop your kids from picking their eye scabs with me, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> See now, it's a sketch. All right, I'm writing it down. Well, okay, but then how do you stop them? Right? Do you? Do you just did you do you That's explain where the fun to them? maybe it, you just do it entirely using logic, right? And you explain to them that it'll be so satisfying as to be the peak of all possible satisfaction, and after that point, everything will be downhill and their lives will feel dull and meaningless, right? And that's why you have to resist so that you can still experience joy in the future, right? It's a totally non-interventionist method of disciplining your kids, and another one is to hit them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. up for the second one. Linda, Linda has both of those <laughs> options there on the table. Yeah, I mean, you explain to them also about, um, you know, you can talk to them about the actual the process of eyes. Mm, the it's eye a, process. The eye process yeah. and, and how the scab is formed and, you know, what, yeah, you know, maybe within that explanation you can tell them the story about how they hurt their eye remember they were had a it was like a sandpaper accident (laughs) (laughs) you know because i mean how do you get a scab all the way across the eye well only if you sort of drag your eye Mm. across some sandpaper maybe so it's like it's It's enough of a cut that you're not losing all that fluid on the inside but it also enough so that there's there's damage all the way across that the 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 eyeball needs to release enough sort of Gooey fluid goo. that, that to 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 you know to block off any mm. infections being able to get in. A new angle on the sketch. Mm. It's mm. not a mum telling you. It's how to get beautiful smooth eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a makeup tutorial. You gotta <laughs> scrub them real hard oh. with sand, and then wait for that dead layer of skin oh. to form a scab, so you can peel off, revealing beautiful new yeah. sparkling eyes. Well, I she, think this is great. I mean, this is you know. 
this is what we reveal later on is that is that she first it's a video about how to stop your kids picking at their eye scabs mm. but then you realize that she did this to her kids mm. uh, as part of a beauty thing that that she was doing so that they could all get the yeah. smoothest eyes yeah and and then we reveal the kids and everybody agrees you know what actually their eyes look really amazingly smooth and we see that it's all worthwhile and that's mm. the message it's Here's the window a- to the soul and you want it to be its clearest that's right polish <laughs> it up yeah mm. um crazy thing that like the surgery for cataracts is really old. Like it's existed for like, it, the, the, it, I think it's one of the earliest like surgeries is something to do with like slicing the into the eye mm. and removing the lens because the lens is what forms the cataract. Is like a you know a growth within the lens, and you can actually take out the lens from the eye, and it, the eye can heal up, and you can regain quite a bit of vision from like this. Yeah, it's like really old, like over over 150 years old, I reckon. And they were doing it with lasers back then as well. Lasers as well, yeah, but real primitive <laughs> lasers on the end of a hammer. <laughs> I did see a sign on my way here today that said that they used medical-grade lasers mm. for removing hair or something like that, and I thought that it was... What are the other degrees? Grades of lasers. Lasers. <laughs> military grade lasers and, and um, PowerPoint presentation yeah, grade, grade lasers. Grade. Uh, recreational grade. Recreational ch- child grade. Yeah, I guess you know laser. the ones that you can sort of sh- shoot at your friends, mm. and they'll be like, "Don't pop, do it in my eye," and you still go like, "Go on a little bit." Yeah, but you might have a cataract, mate. Let's have a yeah. bit of a clean up. Yeah, clean it up. It is crazy, isn't it? That like you, you lasers were like, no, no, don't shine in my eye. But then you go along, and you, that's exactly what they do to fix your eyes to shine a laser in it. Do you think that that's just the medical establishment trying to? Stop I think you that's from, exactly what it yeah, is. Trying yes, to protect their keep the power out assets. of our hands. Yeah, professional enclosure. You sh- you sh- you professional shot. Is that what enclosure? that's called? Is that a is that a phenomenon? Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't want us fucking getting in. I have you ever thought about this? Maybe medicine. You know, when you mm. read those stories and it's like a guy or a woman has posed as a doctor for like twenty years and mm. they finally get caught, mm. and everyone's like, it's so irresponsible. They don't know any medicine and they've been practicing for. Maybe it's just not that hard. I maybe if there wasn't so many fancy words for bones, I think that <laughs> anyone it could do it. Proves that it's not that hard, right? Yeah. That if a con person. Can can do it, or that there's just lots of safeguards. I wonder how many how many lives they save, you know, the con person. Well, we're taking like, now we're taking mm. all this experience out, out of, of the, the hospital. hospital. <laughs> Twenty years of fake experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, most <laughs> <laughs> most trips to the doctors that I've had have really been for nothing. It's like, oh, I'll just go there just in case. But mm. really, most of the time, I'm just getting better on my own. Mm. But how hard is it? It's like, oh, somebody has a little bit of... <coughs> it's like, oh, you got a phlegmy cough? Well, there could be an infection in there. Oh, you don't have a phlegmy cough? I don't think there's an infection in there. No, they look in your throat and they're like, ah, it looks a bit red. Yeah, don't all a... throats look red? Yeah. I think the, hu- the inside of the human body, it's just uniformly red, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's dark in there, so it'd it's be dark. black. Ah, so that's the difference. They have a special little torch. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Australia's leading anti-medical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Yeah. But I think that you're right. There's probably what is the percentage of fake doctors that are out there in the system? Probably, you know, around one percent. But mm. maybe that's what we need. You know, maybe you can safely have a certain level of fake doctors in the medical uh, establishment. Without it affecting, you know, significantly the overall health of the population, but while still having a big effect on hospital wait times, 
you know yeah. like you you just bring in that extra like you're diluting you're diluting the medical pool but just like diluting cordial you can do it a certain amount before people notice the difference That's right. yeah. yeah but you make the the cordial go a lot further well, you're so, speeding it up. Some mm. people are obviously seeing a fake doctor, exactly. but they're but seeing some people, someone. Some people are seeing a fake doctor, but then some people fake illnesses, right? That's right. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, and and most people are getting a few, if they don't like an opinion from a doctor anyway, even mm. if it's a, a proper mm. doctor, they're going to go see a second opinion. So there's no point having both of those opinions being medically <laughs> be valid. <trained>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to pick the one they like the most anyway, you know? That's double handling. Yeah, and then a lot of people are also Googling their symptoms beforehand online. Exactly. So that's triple handling. Yeah. Because, I mean, basically they have the same medical sort of training as a doctor. You just got to, like, if, look, I don't believe in just Googling your, Mm. and just looking at WebMD to to, to sort of, Mm. you know, figure out what you've got. You've also got to go deeper into the... Into the forums and see what other people are talking about. They go, yeah, oh, I yeah. had this and then. The people who think that the medical establishment is lying to them, yeah. what do they think? And they go, oh, you know, you just got to put some salt in your foot. Yeah. And then and then often those little tricks, if you dig a little bit, that actually does work. Well, also the placebo effect, right, mm. is real. So why can't we have entire placebo doctors, right? Don't think of them as a con person. They're think of pl- them as a placebo doctor. They work even if you know they're a con doctor. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> con doctor. I mean, you could do that. You could just go, I'm a placebo doctor, and then you mm. just all you do is give out uh, sugar tax. pills. Yeah. Surely you don't need approval. To be a placebo doctor. Not yeah. if you put it on the sign. Placebo doctor, come and get some sugar pills. <laughs> It'll make you better, maybe. It still works. Yeah, it still works better than nothing. Of course, sugar, you know, if you have too much of it. Yeah, well, so they're low sugar sugar pills. Yeah, okay, right. And well, you're, on, you're only on one a day. If you take too many sugar pills, then you're yeah. in trouble. Of course, yeah. right. Yeah, if you're self-medicating, then you've only got yourself to blame. Yeah. I suppose if you just had a packet of sugar pills there at home and you kind of, you know, they're quite nice, and then you sort of, you have one, and then you're like... Been self-medicating <laughs> oh, my diabetes are, with sugar are, pills. These are very Moorish. Is there something about somebody overdosing on placebos and like how you would... How you would deal with that, you know, if they've taken an overdose of placebos, right? Mm. You get to their house and they're pretending to almost be dead or whatever. Well, I you, know. sh- you show up with a, a pl- placebo cardio defibrillator. Uh, yeah. yeah. You go, clear! Yeah, like you make one out of a couple of old telephones. Yeah. <laughs> you pretend to put a hose down their stomach and pump it. Or you really do it. It works or, the same. Or Yeah, or you pretend to stab them in the heart with a adrenaline like in uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm. Oh, if somebody was having a placebo, like if they had, had sort of injected a bunch of placebos. <laughs> Intravenous yeah. placebos yeah. to get the rush quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that does work if you like give someone an injection or like you know, a drip of mm. placebo because they think that's better medicine. The placebo, the is, placebo stronger. is stronger. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. Yeah, look, I've written placebo doctor. Uh, someone has an overdose. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of placebo junk. Yeah, it's probably something we've come up with on the podcast before, to be honest. But no, you know, no, this it is isn't just the kind of. It isn't. No, it's not. It isn't. We've no. never come up with this idea. No, but if placebos. Listened, we love placebos. Uh, no, nah, doesn't the sound think like tank. us. Placebo. Pl- the placebo effect is the official effect of the two in the think tank podcast. Oh, I've yeah. listened to this podcast, and normally you come up with nothing. It's just hours of silence. <laughs> But then I'll it's make a placebo up. podcast. And yeah, during yeah. that time, I make up a bunch of things in my head, and I think you've come up with yeah. stuff, but Mate, no, really, you've said nothing. This is way too close to the truth, and it's starting to hurt me. Um, so, um, thanks a lot. 
That's a real placebo insult you've given me there. The effect is real. Um, I had something earlier that we were talking about. Oh, I wanted to bring it back to a thing. But um, it's gone. What's the that other effect? The Doppler effect. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's a, good it's a pretty good effect as well. Yeah, the Doppler effect, that's what they use to measure the blood flow rate of the the blood in the brains of my twins when they were in the womb of my wife. Wow. Yeah. Red crazy. and blue? Red and blue, yeah. And, except it was with ultrasound, so it doesn't have a real colour, but then they digitally add colour to well, it in the... Has a real colour, it's just not one that you can see, Andy. I don't, don't know if sound has a colour, Alistair. Is ultrasound sound? Ultrasound is sound, yeah. It's vibrations. Of... <laughs> oh, so... yeah, I was thinking of ultraviolet. Ah. Yes. <laughs> but colour is just immaterial as well. It's just our brains perceiving different wavelengths. Fuck, there you you've go. got me. Yes. Oh, I shouldn't have taken you on when Angus is here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Hey, so, mean... boys. <laughs> so there should be. The... You're right. Everything is just a perception. It's well, nothing no, real. It's just a brain putting meaning onto things. Yeah. Everything has a colour and nothing does. <laughs> well, I mean, there's. it's not so crazy to think now that if we just had, I mean, I guess a, 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 a bat has eyes that are uh, ear, eyes that are ears. Yeah. You know? And so we just don't have ear eyes. But you could you could set it up. You're right. So a bat a bat would see the colour of the blood flow in the baby's brains. Oh, clicking. That's me that using uh, echolocation. E- echolocation. Mm. I mean, I don't want to you know have to live like have to rely entirely on echo. It would make podcasts very difficult with echolocation. Everyone talking, but then also trying to work out how far they are from everyone else. Because, I mean, that is a huge part of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Constant distance management. knowing the distance between everybody. I mean, we've sort of managed to do a sort of a rough workaround by having everyone sit in in chairs that are essentially stationary in a non-moving studio. But you're never 100% sure how far you are from the mic. Because I know when I do Shusher, my guided meditation podcast, Mm. uh, that often if I close my eyes while I'm doing it, then like I, I open it and I'm like I've moved way away from my from the mic. Yeah, really. Podcast drift. Podcast drift. You've got to um, do podcasts between the flags, or else you you can yeah. be well, taken out into the, the internet. I'm actually what, what I've done to sort of fix that problem is I've got one of those, um, you know, those uh, roller coaster chairs where you sort of dangle underneath it and they sort of basically lock your head mm. in so it can't move like mm. that. I got one of these now and I've, I've sort of hanging it from the roof of my house in my garage. I uh, I do my I do my podcast at Mark Maron's house, <laughs> and um, and then now I don't drift so much. You do it at his house though, not at the garage. No, yeah, in the garage. <laughs> okay, yeah, at um, his house. That's kind of also like what they do to cows just before they shoot them in the head with that bolt, isn't it? They sort of squeeze them mm. between two things, and it makes them calm down, which is amazing. It's like right. it's a hug. It's like a hug, but cows never get hugged. No cow is, in the history of a cow evolution has ever been hugged by another cow. That's why they want it so that's bad. That's why they want it so bad, yeah. Mm. They, oh, but, but they wouldn't know that that's what's been missing from their lives until the moment they're about to die, Yeah, which is really, really happy fact. Yeah, it's actually yeah. quite a nice thing. Well, But yeah. I think imagine with cows, you walk in herds, so, you, so you'd probably often be like pressed up between two cows. You're right. In like a... A full beef sandwich. 
like that. And you would kind of be like, oh, this is pretty nice. That hot flesh up against my... I guess That so. hot corn beef. So I imagine they just... I imagine also if you're in the middle of the pack, you're safe from predators. Right. If you're on the outside, that's where the you, wolf be, is going to get... You'll be picked off. off. Yeah. yeah. Unless he's running between everybody's legs. And, mm. it, and it is a he, a hunting mm. animal. Yeah. yeah. Of the, of the Female wolf wolves are more foragers, aren't they? They're more foragers, <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, Berries and that yeah, sort of well, thing. They're, 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 they're planting seedlings <laughs> and planning for the future <laughs> and things like that. Um, anyway, they might come in and just bite your belly. That would be awful. But I guess then you might get step, stepped on if you're that male wolf. Yeah, it would be a high-risk strategy to get that inner cow mm. beef sandwich belly. Yeah, but, but sometimes that's where the good meat is. It'd be great if you could burrow as well, I imagine, as a, as a wolf. Like a burrowing wolf who could burrow to the centre of the pack, mm. come up, take a, take, <laughs> take a bites of belly, mouthful <laughs> yeah. of belly, back down into your tunnel, your mm. wolf tunnel, and tunnel away again. And then, and then as the crowd disperses, there's just one cow bleeding out in the middle and everyone's like, this is like a locked room mystery. How was this achieved? Yeah. And you, you, plausible, you, know, you can get away with it. You get, then, then you see, and then you see evidence of somewhere just a mile down the road of a wolf having had penetrative sex with a marmot. Right, and you go. Huh, this is weird. <laughs> that is weird to, to to see evidence of. Yeah, that is maybe a, a, maybe a, a Polaroid. A you know, Polaroid, a Polaroid from from a from a sort of a hiker. <laughs> it was the last thing they ever took a photo of right before that wolf, and then got the them. marmot got them. <laughs> you know? And uh, it slowly it comes out of the little Polaroid yeah. thing, and you see it developing by the side of the road as, there. As it's going, that little that little ground squirrel getting in there, burrowing into the belly, into the holes that the wolf makes. Oh, I mean, following this is, that out, coming out the mouth. Mm, this is such, exactly. a, such a beautifully rich scenario. Not only one in which there are burrowing wolves, but also in which random cow attacks <laughs> are being investigated <laughs> by <laughs> some kind of a bureau or department. I think the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> you, if, the fa- if the farmers start to lose cattle, you're right. In these them, locked room mysteries. Mm. You'd mm. want to know how and why, especially middle cattle. Middle I wonder cattle. if the Department mm. of Agriculture has a has an investigative arm. News catch. Yes, <laughs> agricultural detectives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they a- haven't been in need since the horse rustling days. Mm. A- C- oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, rustling. That would be their their bread and butter. Their meat and potatoes would be rustling. You know, mainly but, meat. Mainly meat. Less, sure. less potatoes. Oh, potato rustling. I think someone rustled a whole lot of avocado in New Zealand relatively recently. It was this huge, huge heist. It's crazy. Anyway, you can't go soft on avocado crime. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh something about that. And then they avocados use... to go soft, though. Did we, did we have a joke about avocados? No, no, that, no was me ever... and Matt. that was me and Matt. No one's ever no. done a joke about avocados. No? no. It's one of those topics communities are like, it's off, it's off limits. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't like punching down. <laughs> To avocados, because they're very fragile and uh, vegetable. For me, all stone fruits off fruit. the table. Fruit, really? Hey? Really? I won't. I won't do any comedy about stone fruit. Have it on the counter, <laughs> within the fruit bowl. If it's in the fruit bowl, sure, go oh, for yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 
But if it's just on the, if it's just on the table, no, that's a that's its own thing. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a sketch, right? Agricultural right. crime. You've written down the details of the specific crime. Well, middle cattle. The think, middle cattle. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have this agricultural. Oh no, we, we need all the details. We need the marmot Polaroid. <laughs> Yeah. The hiker who's somehow going through, just hiking through fields of cattle. I said it was within a mile. And there's you know? wolves. Andy, you lived on a property that literally had a hiking track going through it. Yeah, and, you're right. And it was a paddock where there right. could have been cattle. Well, we certainly had dog attacks on our on our sheep. Really? Yeah. Real awful. Dogger. Dogger. <laughs> they really, really... <laughs> Doggedus. Dog attacks. Mm. When dogs bite back. Actually, it was the it was the throat that they go for. Somebody bit the dog. They, I think dogs have been. It's a, a cycle of abuse. Mm. Dogs are being bitten and then they bite back. Well, they're only they're only biting because they got no. Oh. No, I mean that, but that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. That like, if we did discover that the only reason that dogs bite. Is because they had been bitten themselves by a man in their youth, mm. right? So you know you hear some awful thing where a, a you know a dog has like mauled its owner to death or something like that, and everyone's like, "Oh, this dog's terrible." But then when we get into it, we see the backstory, we get the sto- the history of when that dog itself was bitten by a man. Yeah, that's as a as, as a, a child, dog. as a human child? No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, as a human child, it was transformed into a dog. Dog. Oh no. Through, because I mean, you often see creatures like a werewolf or something mm. like that biting something, a person, mm. and then that person becomes a werewolf. But you don't often see somebody like, let's say, a man mm. biting a dog, a dog, and then that dog <clears throat> becomes a different dog. <laughs> you know, like you always turn into the thing that it was that yeah. you got bitten by. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a, a metaphor for the cycle of abuse. The vampire bites mm. the person and turns them into a vampire. They perpetuate the violence. Yeah, but what about this is a metaphor for breaking the cycle? Mm. It's a dog that turns you into a different dog. I mean, no, it's a butt man, man. who turns you into a different dog a different by biting dog. you, and you're a dog. <laughs> it's a man who turns he bites a dog and it turns the dog into a social worker. <laughs> No, well, then that was just, <laughs> but but that actually often happens to people who are abused. Then they want to yeah, break the cycle. Yeah, you're right. That's, but then it's not a metaphor. Now it's just then it's just reality. Yeah, but a Except, lot of a lot but with of, a dog. A lot bitten. of uh, social workers are former dogs who have been bitten by. <laughs> that may be the case. Yeah. Look, that may. But oh, wait, I did have another idea. Wait, well, you got a, you, you had a great tweet recently about uh, what was it? Somebody turning into a moon. When a wolf is full, I look. I ended up making a full episode of Shusher out of that. Really? Yeah, just because I was like, "Oh, look, this is a tweet." But really, this I could I could drag this out for twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just basically somebody who's turning into a moon. Mm. But then they realized it was because at one point they, oh, it was actually a person who saw a full a wolf, and then they started turning into a moon, and then they remembered that five years ago there had been an astronaut doing some surveying on the moon. Right. And then they got they got bitten by the moon <laughs> when they stood into a crater and it kind of pinched down on them. And it wasn't until now that, that it was coming, taking effect. Now they'd seen a full wolf. I like the fact that they, they saw the wolf and they remembered that they'd been an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, you can forget I wonder so if people forget that they've been an astronaut. 
Oh, yeah, that was a part of my life for a while. I guess it would, you know. I I forget stuff that I've done. I have to be reminded. There's things that... So you go. No, no, no. I was just going to say that there are things that take up your whole life. Mm. You know, that that, take up all your time. Seem all consuming. And then five years later, you're out. Yeah. If you were to quit comedy today, you would just be like, I can't believe... Three days ago, I was doing comedy, <laughs> and that now it's something I don't even think about, except for in this one moment. I mean, three days doesn't seem long enough. Like, that could just be the gap between gigs for a lot of people. Yeah, people yeah. who aren't committed. Yeah. <laughs> they may as well quit. Who weren't really in comedy, <laughs> like me. Um, and me. I noticed you're wearing a, a ring. Is that okay? That uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. You can tell people that, that this is my first podcast since I have now become married. I didn't want people to reveal that because a big part of the appeal of the podcast is young girls listening who <laughs> yeah. think that they have a chance with Alistair. I, don't, I, I, I know for a fact that that is not the case. <laughs> you were saying your ring doesn't quite fit. I've... I've be thinking if I get married. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think wedding rings are very expensive. I don't think it's, I think it's a waste of money. So I think what I'd like to do is just chop off my one of your or, fingers, my wedding, my ring finger, and exchange fingers. <laughs> oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> and wear it around on a necklace, the bone. Oh, so you're not going to just put it back on the finger? Oh no, that would be even better if you could yeah. surgically <laughs> attach their I mean, finger. It seemed it seemed exactly where you were going with oh, that. No, well, I was thinking you could have the finger around you, and you'd always have it. Kiss it. Insert it places. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I oh, mean, that is nice, always having one of their fingers yes. that you could insert places <laughs> yeah. if you want, if you're feeling lonely or yeah, whatever. They're always with you. Oh, yeah. and, and what's great with it is that you could cut, the, cut off their finger when they've let their nail grow out just a little bit so that whenever you've just cut your nails and you need to like open up a can of Coke or something like that, mm. you could use that finger. And get that nail under there just to get just for that initial lift, and then get the finger part underneath. Right, there. and right. then it never hurts your fingers. And that that thing is actually called a ring pull, isn't it? On a can, so it feels mm. very appropriate, you know. Yeah, you know. that you'd be pulling it with a ring, ring. yeah, ring with finger. your ring, with your ring finger. Oh yeah. Um, but you could also use that little extra bit of fingernail to like clean under your fingernails. You know how sometimes mm. you do that. You yeah. Know, you need you need sort of one long fingernail that you can then use to clean all the other fingernails. And do your nails keep growing when you're dead? Is that? Oh, a thing? that's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it's just because the skin rich goes. No, down, no, I right? think they it's do? because there's some sort of magical phenomenon which <laughs> okay. causes the fingernail yeah. to keep growing forever. It's actually the one truly infinite resource in the universe is the fingernails of the dead. How are we not talking about how, like, not overpopulation, but Mm. the grounds being full of fingernail? (laughs) Surely at some point it's going to start smashing out of the ground, (laughs) destroying our cities, these huge fingernails, you know, destroying the foundations Mm. of buildings, toppling them down. Mm, Yeah, I mean, this is what we should be worried about, not global warming. It's crazy that, like, I remember when my biggest concern about the environment and the future of the planet was peak oil. Do you remember being worried about peak oil? Well, I thought, you know, this is going to be terrible for when I obviously have a massive Hummer vehicle yeah. to be yeah. driving around. I won't be able to get enough oil for it, right? But but well, now, also the plastic industry. Now as well. we'd love we'd love peak oil, right? Wouldn't it be great if we'd hit peak oil and then we were running out of oil and then we we would go on to renewables? Mm. But it turned out peak oil was just like, oh no, we. we you, the thing about oil is you've just got to want it more. <laughs> yeah. So now we've found other ways to get it out of like shale rocks and all that sort of thing. So peak oil is not even really a thing. It was just a test of how much we wanted it. But now, because it seems like there's oil forever, now mm. we're going to burn the planet instead. You know when they do oil spills? 
Mm. And it's like, it's really hard to clean up the environment. For Very sure. hard. Yeah. But now I think they've worked out a way where you can just get it all in a big blender and then you blend it up and then the oils, because of the viscosity, it will sit at different levels so that you can just scoop off the oil and then you'll have like all the mush from like the penguins <laughs> <laughs> or whatever down the bottom. Which so is... So you, you, can't, you can't obviously... That's a way of getting the oil out of the environment. You you're, can extract right. it, but well, you, you can, have to just whisk it up. separate the oil <laughs> from the penguins, penguins, but unfortunately then you really do have to mix all the penguins <laughs> together into one sort of penguinish kind of soup. Sure, and that sounds bad, but that yes. is actually a really nutrient-rich uh, like sort of soup for mm. growing other penguins or you know, or Broth. fish, things that yeah. penguins feed on. And there's actually, a, it's really cute, there's a 90-year-old man down in um, Phillip Island who knits... Uh, sweaters for the penguin mush that you just pour, so <laughs> just pour into a different. It's like water. You yeah. pour it into a different mold, and yeah. the penguin will take on. He's knitting those molds <laughs> mm. so that the penguin can sort of be kept in more or less a penguin shape, <laughs> even That's though nice. it's just more of like a, a mush made from a variety of penguins. Which, strangely enough, a penguin does kind of look like just like an upside down blender. It does, you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's still got that kind of wide base. We've all like, thought that. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like the the. The head is very much like the part, you know, with, with that has the this thing you unscrew. The toggle. The toggle. Mm. The noggle. Yep. No, I, so, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, don't feel good about the death of all those penguins in that penguin colony. Second largest uh, emperor penguin colony got wiped out, apparently, uh, recently, within the last month. What, like? Ever, they're all gone. Was in it a blender. ISIS? They're all dead. ISIS, ISIS was ISIS. Yeah. All of them are dead. Yeah. How did How? they die? Uh, I didn't read the article, but well, I do feel you bad saw... about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I mean, what you should feel bad is that you didn't even give them the respect <laughs> of they're one of the greatest super organisms on Earth, maybe. And super organism. Uh, do you think? Do you think? Do you no? think the penguin is a super organism? Well, a penguin flock, maybe. Yeah. Right. A colony. Yeah. I think it. Were, I think they were all killed by a burrowing wolf. Went into the middle there. Yeah, well, bit their bit them bit out their gungas. Well, first it would it <laughs> look? Let's they're just presumed dead. Oh, they've disappeared. Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> this sounds <laughs> like a case for the agricultural <laughs> crimes. Go on uh, ice safari in the criminal on justice ice. system. There are two down. separate <laughs> down down under. Yes, because they've got down. They penguins have down. What does that mean? Oh, furry furry feathers. This article says one of the world's largest penguin colonies has officially disappeared. Mm. This is what climate change looks like. But it's not what it looks like. Because there's nothing there. There's nothing to look at. Mm. Mm. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe climate change doesn't look like anything. You go, oh, it's like dark matter. It's the absence of stuff. Because it's a concept. It's an idea. Um, oh, but I think we that can't rely genuine, on looking that, at it. That genuinely is the problem, though, right? Like one of the things that um, Tony Abbott said when he was arguing against our need to be, you know, to try and reduce um, carbon dioxide emissions. His former Prime Minister of Australia, Tony Abbott, noted climate change denier. Right? He said, "Well, it's a, it's a, it's a an odorless, invisible gas." Right? This is this is carbon dioxide. You're right. So it's like, well, okay. So the fact that we can't see it is uh, is a reason to not worry about it. I love it. I love that logic. I bet you, if you get enough of it in one room, you could probably get a sniff it and kind of tell that it's there. Do you think it's like uh, why these sort of middle aged executives are so keen 
on climate change is because they they actually long to park their car in the garage and gas themselves with carbon monoxide. Right. And they haven't they haven't found out a way for that to also work for the shareholders. Yes. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we'll just pump it all into the atmosphere and then I'll breathe it in and gone. Yeah, they have this sort of sublimated <laughs> desire to asphyxiate in an enclosed space. But, the, but because they haven't realised that, they haven't admitted that to themselves, it's coming out through this other way of trying to basically gas the entire earth to death. I mean, the problem is that you're talking about carbon monoxide and really it's carbon dioxide, but oh, close no. enough. Right? How, do you, how do you turn carbon dioxide into... Well, that's, that's the solution. Is there a simple way of just turning the carbon dioxide in the air... <laughs> into carbon monoxide. Into carbon monoxide. <laughs> I think uh, it's because it's incomplete combustion, right? Because carbon, when carbon burns, you get two oxygen molecules attaching to make carbon dioxide. But if it doesn't burn sufficiently, you only get one oxygen molecule and you wind up with carbon dioxide, which, is, which inhibits the hemoglobin in the blood, stops it from absorbing oxygen. You will and, also uh, die if you yeah. breathe in a lot of carbon dioxide as well. Oh, yeah. sure. No, let's enough. make that absolutely <laughs> clear. I don't, I'm, I don't want to suggest that you, you can't also die from that. But is there an, a simple way of turning carbon dioxide into carbon monoxide? I don't think so. I think that because really that's, you know, you're, if you're doing that, then you're halfway from turning carbon dioxide back into <laughs> oxygen, which is basically what we need to do anyway. I think that you've got to pump energy in somehow in order to to reverse that uh, oxidation process, which uh, which makes it... I mean, that's the essential challenge of trying to get rid of all the carbon dioxide in the first place. Has anyone tried to make a machine that mm. turns... Like almost like a, a tree respiratory system that turns carbon dioxide into the air, into oxygen, but unfortunately it needs so much energy in the form of coal <laughs> <laughs> that it also spews out quite a lot of carbon dioxide? I think this is... I mean, it's, it seems like a thing that somebody has almost certainly tried. I don't know if they've tried to make it powered directly by coal. <laughs> Probably brown coal as well, the dirtiest of all the coals. Mm. But uh, oh, pure white coal. White coal. That's exactly what made me think. It'd be great if white they, coal. I wonder if we've discovered white coal yet. So the purest of the coals? Mm. What is it, just pure energy? I think can, it might be, yeah. Can you burn diamonds for pure energy? Such as a carbon mm. in a lattice, sort of white coal. I mean, it would be amazing. Could Has anyone tried burning diamonds? I think there is a way that you can get carb- uh, diamonds to combust. It involves cooling them down heaps and doing some wait, fucking thing. I think referring to diamonds as white coal. Mm, yeah, it'll do wonders for their shop value, <laughs> I'm sure. Um. You can see the ring he gave me, the biggest piece of white coal you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Girls, <laughs> I think I think an idea where you white coal is a girl's best friend. You go, it's actually very difficult to pull all the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, but we can pull one carbon atom per carbon dioxide thing out of the atmosphere, and carbon mm. mono- and, and and then we'll have just a, a, f- a flood of carbon monoxide. Now, mm. look, uh, that is much better for the environment mm. because it it doesn't conduct heat as well. Yep. Now, and so we don't hold on to the heat and. Uh, We'll probably kill all the cows. Now, but, here's I mean, a problem with carbon monoxide, yeah. right? It is a, uh, it's heavier than air, and it sinks down to the lowest point, right? So that's why, like in a in a garage, you're at risk of um, asphyxiating if you're down in that well that they where they go down under the engines to try and work on cars. Mm. Uh, if there's a, you know, it, it, it can build up in there and you can you can die, right? Mm-hmm. So if we did turn a lot of 
carbon dioxide in the atmosphere into carbon monoxide, we would sort of basically essentially be flooding the earth with carbon monoxide. There would be a sea of carbon monoxide, mm. much like rising sea levels. So you wouldn't be able to go to the beach because you'd asphyxiate. And we'd all have to move to higher ground to be above this invisible sea of carbon dioxide, yeah. carbon monoxide. Um, but maybe that's good. But I mean, only people, the last people to die would be the people living in penthouse suites. Yes. Yeah. But also, of course, <laughs> and the force people. Good. <laughs> Maybe that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you could see why a CEO would come up with this idea. I think idea. this is a great science fiction concept. Yeah. And I think one that we should uh, explore on our new Patreon bonus <laughs> uh, podcast that we're doing. And this is, a, we're actually doing this. It's the Sci Fi Try Guys, where Elsa and I come up with science fiction concepts. I think one in which there are. Carbon, there's a carbon monoxide layer that envelops the entire earth and we all have to remain above it. So you can't bend down. You know, If you ever drop anything, that's it for you. Right? You've got to move on. Or, or get it with your feet, feet. with your toes. <laughs> or some sort of lever device. Sure. doesn't sound that difficult now when you put it like that. But something to think about. You, we'd, we'd, what kind of shoes would we have? Probably exclusively gumboots. Or webbed. Web so you can shoes. Use your toes oh more yeah, those toe shoes up. would finally be good. They wouldn't make you look like a dickhead. I mean, I guess the idea that you could um, that that maybe there had been some global sort of working together thing to make these kind of like things that are like fake trees that pull mm. carbon dioxide out of the air, <clears throat> and it was just a thing that was all launched at the same time. Yeah, and then they realized that they weren't doing it that efficiently, and some of them were just creating actually a lot of carbon monox- mm. monoxide. And and then people are like, oh my god, these are things are doing it, blah, 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 it's killing people, blah, blah, blah. but then you realize that was actually the plan the whole time because the best solution to global warming was to just kill a bunch of people. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, it is definitely the case. That is the best solution. Um, I also had a dream like last night or the night before where we were being loaded onto spaceships because we were abandoning the planet and going to this other one. Yep. And for some reason, I just as I was like, time to get on the thing, I was like, I better go find a book. I think a book <laughs> would be good to read because I think we're gonna be, we're gonna be like. And I thought it would be great to get the Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. Oh, I was like, yeah, oh, we know really you're in space. Really you might yeah. as well read this space book. And um, so this. Two... Have you read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Uh, in parts. Yeah. Anyway, and then there was uh and so here's there's two things in this thing, right? So firstly. Um, I went to the bookstore to go find one. And mm. Most people were already loading up into the so spaceship. It would have been great driving into the city and that sort of thing. It would have been uh, low traffic. It, it was in the actually CBD. pretty close. It was pretty close. I was in. Oh, you know, okay, cool. Oh, that's handy. And I went in there. It would be like and, the um, news agent at the airport. Mm. You would presumably have a bookstore quite close by. A lot yeah. of people would have the same idea. Exactly. Put one near the launch, launch site, site for yeah. the space arcs. What was weird is I picked up some books and I and I was trying to look at them to see what they were and I was opening them up and. I was like feeling this weird fuzzy feeling in my brain where I was like, oh, I can't read the words because I've, I was like reaching the limits of what my dream could achieve. It couldn't show me the details, like all the text in my. I think 
look, I don't know if this is a genuine phenomenon where like text and like the the, the written language center of the brain is not accessible by dreams, mm. but that was a plot point in an episode of Batman, the animated adventures of Batman that I saw back when I was a teenager. I remember it specifically mm. that Batman, there was one of the evil guys in the Batman world yeah. was uh, was doing some sort of thing where Batman was in this dream state and the way that he realised was because he opened books in the library and uh, it was all like gobbledygook, um, weird language phenomena. Mm. So maybe, maybe there's something in this. We now have two data points that might prove that's mm-hmm. correct. Alistair's yeah. dream the other day and now this episode of Batman from 20 years ago. Yeah. So, but then, but then, so I couldn't find Hitchhiker's Guide because I think, first of all, because there wasn't a lot of written text. Yeah. But then also, I found one book which seemed to be the 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 book version of Totoro. So I picked that up, and then uh, I went back to the spaceship, and then I realized we were about to get on the spaceship. And first of all, I couldn't find my son, and that maybe he had gone on one of the other spaceships and it was like this is going to be like a, a like a five, a five thousand year journey where we're just going to live out our life on the on the ship yeah. and anyway and then i realized wait we could just stay here once everybody's gone <laughs> this will and then and then it occurred to me i was like oh this is what they're doing they're loading us here so that some people can stay behind mm. and they can just probably just kill us in space we'll probably just die up there there is nowhere to go there is no way to go. They they're just care. they're just trying to get rid of the just 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 a population control. It's crazy thing. that you're literally the only person who realised that out of all these duds who are being loaded onto the ships. Everybody, and the only reason you had the time to realise that was because you thought you better get a a book to read on your five thousand year journey. Incredible that you're smart enough to think to to deduce the, this this grand crime, but not clever enough to realise that you might need more than one. The the book version of Totoro I'm, to read. I'm terrible at planning, pre-planning. And as you get into the spaceship, the sort of roller coaster things come down and hug you, and you feel secure. Yeah, yeah. holds up his. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's a great ending to the sci-fi. Yeah. It, it, it seems to be a way a lot of a lot of those those sort of dystopian things go, isn't it? That you know you think whatever you think. The solution is that the government's providing turns out that they're just killing people in a big building. Yeah, well, making them watch a screen of flowers or something like that. A rocket would be a good way to do that. You could just, you could just. It looks like a rocket, Mm. right? And then the top just comes off. Everybody gets killed along the sides. On the inside, you're just sitting on the inside of the thing, and then it just goes. It's actually just a cannon. Just shoots all the the, the, the flesh bodies and stuff. up into the air, up into the air, which then fall at the neighbouring. No, no, because it, it breaks escape velocity. I think at the bottom should just be like a blender. No, the blender and then they can extract all the oils, all the oils from oil. us. Yeah, and the books. And the you know, <laughs> yeah, all the knowledge that comes out at one shoot because obviously it has a different density. Absolutely, yes. the density of knowledge. Oh. Oh, that sounds like a... That's the name of the book. Sounds like a book that would read, win the Booker Prize. Yeah. And then somehow incredibly... <laughs> Which is a great name for a book prize. <laughs> light and very heavy at the same time. Mm. It's Booker oh. just another word for, for author? Man is, Booker. Is that why it's called the Booker Prize? Because a Booker is just another word for person who writes books. Could be a person who reads. A Booker? Yeah. No, that's a bookie. Oh, that's yeah. a booked. <laughs> You just got the booked. world is divided into the bookers and the booked. What do you want to be, Alistair? Anyway, I reckon we've got enough sketch ideas now. Yeah, for, yeah. we've got to go uh, to three words. We need to get the three words from a listener, um, one of our Patreon supporters. 
Patreon, uh, well, uh, the, um, the, the, the three words today come from a uh, good friend of the show, mm. um, attendee to, he came and saw Magma. Oh, yeah. Uh, number one podcast dude? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mr. Harvey Wiseman? Harvey Wiseman. Wiseman. Wiseman? Wiseman? Uh, yeah, that doesn't matter. No, I think yeah. he, I think it's just nice to have your name said multiple different ways mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys ready for, I think I wrote, I only wrote two of the words down. Oh, no, wait. No, I think I've got three of them. I just assumed one of them was the, oh. here we go. Here's the three <laughs> words. Only? Yes. Sex mm-hmm. shop. Only sex shop. Yeah. Right. I mean, it sounds like short for lonely sex shop, mm. right? The L fell off. The last sex shop. The last sex shop. That's a good short story. It's in um, a dystopian community in which our libidos have been suppressed mm. by high densities of living, and there's only one sex shop left where the last Randy employees <laughs> have this sort of like utopia in which they're trying to revive the human mm. race. Everyone's mm. slowly dying around them. But They're... do you think that sex shops would would revive the human race? Aren't most of the things that you would get from a sex shop are sort of a are, are for sort of non-reproductive sex in some way? But our libidos are so low that yes. now in order to get us to the point where we want to reproduce yeah you've got to do the kinkiest stuff <laughs> like we're so numb to it now it's just got to be the kinkiest most oddly shaped dildos yeah strangest pinching pinching right. sort of rabbits so we're vibrate. all we've really possibly we've all become so perverted that nothing can arouse us enough to uh to to you know achieve any kind of intercourse and this is right? the only place that has anything kinky enough well they're researchers aren't they they're mm. finding the kinkiest thing imaginable maybe what they've done they, they're researching nothing everyone's so perverted we're so free there's mm. no mm. pressure that you know stopping people from having sex anymore so people lose all interest yes so these the people at the final sex shop they realize what they need is to recreate god to have some sort of prohibition against sex, and that's right. the only thing oh, they I can get God people. I thought God was going to turn out to be really sexy, and everyone oh. would be turned on by God. No, it's an authoritative God who mm. who says no all the time, and that's what gets people going again. Amazing. Mm. So it's 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 these these sexual libertarians who ultimately create God. They create. <gasps> Do they make him out of dildos? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. fashioned out of that's the, that's the obscene lie of God. Yeah. Even though he seems like this huge, great, big black latex, he's mm. actually just melted down dildos. Or or but uh, is could, it, or just glued together with sort of dry <laughs> lubricant. Oh, it could it could it could also be like an inflatable sex toy that they somehow animate with the powers of God? Because I think it'd be interesting that like we think that we are made in God's image, but what if God is really made in our image from a from a sex toy, you know, a, a sex doll. God is just a BDSM construct. Yes. Look, I like this. I mean, it's not it's not it's not too crazy, is it? No. You know? no. That 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 the Ten Commandments or whatever are just a series of sort of uh, uh, sort of rules from a from a what's it, what do you call that person? Dominatrix type character. You know that you're not allowed to breach, or he'll oh, you get smite you. You'll get smited. Oh. Yeah. but there's just they've just forgot to include the safe word in the Bible. That's like if it gets I'm... too if it gets a bit too much. Yeah, I wonder if they, there is a safe word somewhere in the Bible. If we could find it, 
Like um, crucifixion, that's just another like bit of. Mm. Oh, it's very and it's naughty. And you can see how no other sex shop would have thought of this because to tell a bunch of people who are not having sex that they can't have sex seems like it would be so ineffective. Mm. But it wasn't. They didn't. Nobody thought of it, and nobody thought of it from, coming from a big enough person. They've got to be a huge inflatable person. God has to be enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And then and then they go around, you can't have sex. It is wrong. It is icky. Like that. And people are like, man, this is making me horny. Come <laughs> <laughs> fucking tell me what to do. Yeah, oh, I reckon, um, honey, we haven't done this in 35 years. Condoms can be inflated so much, right? There's so, like that latex, the st- structural integrity mm. of that. Is, is, is quite impressive. So may, maybe they would have the technology to build a really big inflatable god. Oh, my God. And, and, and basically, it's, then it's a, once they realize that it works, it's just a set of instructions mm. that they can send to any, like, you know, medical clinic or whatever that has a bunch of condoms of mm. how to tape it together. And latex gloves. And then and people, yeah, and then people have to, like, just talk. The person who's standing behind the god, who's, yeah. like, walking underneath it like a Macy's Day Parade kind of... Mickey Mouse mm. sort of inflatable thing. You just have to talk through a fan. <laughs> and then you just keep inflating God so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, looming over mm. the city until it explodes, right? And there's a really loud bang, like a thunderclap, mm. right? And then God totally disappears, right? All the, It's gone. And you're like, oh, wow, what a, what a miracle. You know, we heard the voice of God. It was like, and then it, uh, and then it, and then you know there was a loud sound, you know, of, mm-hmm. of terrible thunder, and then he totally disappeared. Right, it was nowhere to be seen. Like, if you, what, what more evidence could you possibly need of the existence of God? Sounds like the proto miracle. So absolutely, mm. thank you, Andy. Yeah, we sort of. By out. the way, I really like that word that you used in there, existence. Yeah, thanks. Egg-ex- it's like egality. Yeah. And existence, you know, and that's what we're all aiming for. Egality. Egality. <laughs> Is egality a word? Oh yeah. It's uh It's like egalitarian and agility combined. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it recognizes that um you know, egalitarianism is the mm. goal, but you have to be flexible. You, you have to be nimble. <laughs> yeah, mm. sure. I you think egality is probably a word, even though I did misspeak there. <laughs> mm. I think egality, because what's egalitarian, right? It's a, it's somebody who believes in egality. <laughs> I, uh, I think maybe equality. Yeah, but anyway. that doesn't make sense, does it? No, you're right. It doesn't. Why does it? Egality. It wouldn't be like the English language to not make sense. Noun, egality, social and political equality. Alistair. Egality represents an extreme leveling of society. Egalite. Egalite. I've always considered myself an egalite. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Yeah. So I've got a You're yoke, egalicious. A yoki center. Mm. But I share it with everyone. Um, uh, I'd love to burrow, burrow into you like a, like, a, like a horny marmot. Like a wolf horny marmot. <laughs> Get out of that. That sack's meant for my chick. Get out of the yoki sack. Get out of the... <laughs> Um, is this where we wrap up? Yeah. Oh, we got to run you through the sketches. Yeah, take us through. All right, what we got the today. we got the uh, red mist rose tinted glasses sort of duality from when you mm. get uh, you get blood in your eye basically, and then that, that that occurs when I guess the sometimes it makes you really angry, but sometimes, especially if you have a white blood uh, high white blood count cell count, mm. it makes you really positive. Yes. Mm. And. Uh, 
And then so then and then stuff to do with that. Yep. So stuff to go, do with that. Yeah. And then uh, how to get your kicks. Oh on wait, no, no. Sorry. How 16. to get your to stop? Okay. How to get your kids <laughs> to stop picking at their eye scabs with me, Linda? <laughs> and uh, she's, it's an instructional video where she's talking about how to get your kids to stop picking at their eye scabs. And then you realize later that, that the reason why her kids have eye scabs is because it's a, it's part of a new beauty technique where you, you sort of sandpaper the eyes to make the eyes really smooth. But there is, a, there is another sort of version of this. Oh, no, you, you finish. Newton used to create the most beautiful, smoothest uh, lenses by just using a finer and finer grain of, of sandpaper on mm. glass to create. Mm. And so technically, the eye is just like... A lens. It is. And so that, that would also It work. could be done with sandpaper. Also, Newton famously shoved a needle behind his eye to, like, poke the back of his eyeball mm. and see what distortions he saw in his vision. Great way to get scabs. Another great way to get scabs. Chuck but, a needle back there. in an area where you can't reach them. But there is also, like, a beautiful sort of version of this in which it's like a... It's, it's, it's a very glossy kind of new parenting type video with a, you know, a woman in a beautiful white kitchen, you know, dressed in linens, talking about her, her beautiful family. But the thing that she's talking about is her children's eye scabs. Mm. And I like the contrast between whatever kind of a lifestyle her children are le- leading, yeah. which results in them getting disgusting eye scabs, and the beautiful sort of cleanliness and positivity of this sort of wellness video that she's created. Absolutely. She's a Gwyneth Paltrow type. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Now we have. Uh, I'd love to actually a series of eye scab videos <laughs> from different women from different walks of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we have placebo doctor, which is you know, uh, it's just it, it could be a real thing. And then someone obviously overdoses on placebos, and then mm. he has to show up. Uh, mm. In his placebo ambulance, mm. and he uses his placebo defibrillator or whatever, and yeah. um, and he saves them. So yeah. luckily, with but everybody's pretending. Yeah, well, it's all placebo. Yeah, yeah. None of this has to be uh, sort of approved, approved by, by the, by the T- F- FDA or whatever the Australian version. Australian of the one is. I've done so. I've had to look at these guys. So, TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. There you go. Yeah. All right, and then we've got middle cattle. Which is uh, the ep- the first episode of the? It's the pilot episode of the Agricultural Detectives. Um, where a, a, a cow, fucked a mom, but... a cow, a cow in the middle of a herd got its mm. belly eaten out from some kind of burrowing animal. <laughs> Turns out it was a sort of a it was a, a sort of a carnivorous uh, wolf marmot from when a mm. wolf had fucked a marmot, and which there was photographic proof from a. Uh, Polaroid left from a hiker who tried to take a photo of it then got eaten out and then burrowed through. Um, Then we got swap ring fingers instead of buying rings. I think it's nice. I mean, you could either put it around your neck like Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Angelina Jolie did with a veil, Mm. not a veil, but a a vial of their blood. Mm. But you're doing it with a finger, you know. But you could also just stick it on. Salt fingers is better. Yeah, you like know, from a dirty doctor, yeah. ba- sort of a back alley doctor. Or if you if you want cruelty, because you know how like some people say rings are are bad mm. because the diamonds, it's a blood diamond, sure. right? You're like mm. using Congolese slaves. Maybe you still want some cruelty, so you yeah. s- you, you you exchange Congolese children's fingers. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. Or, so I was hoping that was where you were going. Yeah. With that. I thought, yeah. I really thought the cruelty was going to be the cruelty you've done to yourself <laughs> and no. your loved one. Yeah. I mean, but I guess it's I mean, probably an improvement because they're only losing a finger this way, as opposed to their entire, entire childhood. childhood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, so so I have to, so that's I've, actually a real positive sketch. It's a pos- It's actually an improvement. You so, think that it's a cruel sketch on a psychopath no, who does survive. No, that's just no. because of your narrow perspective, is, living yeah. in the you know the first world. Or it could just be the the high white blood cell and it also in, in the blo- our bloody eyes that yeah. is making us. It, it encourages <laughs> Congolese children to grow additional fingers, oh. <laughs> and that's one of the things that's been holding them back from growing more and more fingers. Yeah. If there's a market, it'll be filled. Yeah, but mm. so are you saying that when the Congolese children have their finger cut off, they're going to be free? Yeah, they're free. Yeah, so yeah. they're free. Then why are they growing so many fingers? Well, I guess that maybe they wouldn't be free. They would they would be encouraged to grow more and more fingers. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. Once you create a demand, be, you create a market. market. So there'd be a finger farms. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There'd be children with up to a thousand ring fingers on All the way hand. up their arms. Just f- fingers all over their bodies. Each wriggling. one perfectly in line with the heart. Isn't that the, the idea with the ring finger? Is that is that one of the things? I think so. But uh, it, it seems made up. Doesn't well, all cells I think the idea of a ring heart? finger is made up, eh? <laughs> aren't all cells linked to the like blood from the uh, heart? But not perfectly aligned <laughs> okay. when you point your finger in the right direction. Um, then we got the pulling one carbon atom uh, out of the carbon dioxide when you're trying to remove carbon dioxide and making uh, carbon monoxide, which initially seems really successful because... The decrease in carbon dioxide. And then all the short people start dying. Yeah, kids. Yeah. (laughs) And rodents and things. I call them short people. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of um, circus performers on stilts survive. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's the real tragedy. (laughs) Um, And then we have, of course, the last sex shop, which is the last one to survive because everything was so permissible that everybody Mm. lost their, their horniness. And then this sex shop decided to recreate God reinvent God mm. using inflatable sort of just condoms and stuff like that. Mm. And, and, and a one, maybe the, also the last um, sort of a balloon animal artist. I think, I think as, right. as horniness decreases, <laughs> the, the demand for, for balloon animals also decreases. Um, well, there's no, longer, imagine- there's no longer children to have balloon animals, you know, it's like a that's a, right. a secondary effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You destroy one market, it's you know, you take the factory out of the town, then the mm. shops start closing down as well. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Is, there's well, no you, longer workers. You kill all children. Suddenly, balloon <laughs> animals. <laughs> Unintended <laughs> consequences. <laughs> Not much work for balloon animals. You thought they'd be makers. fine. No. Well, we 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 didn't think through the sure consequences. consequences. We, uh, we we thought we could just kill all <laughs> children <laughs> and there'd be no yeah. sort of flow <laughs> on effects. <laughs> that would be where the tragedy ended. But then. The balloon animal artist started showing up at Santa Link and we realised what we'd done. This was really, truly going to be costly. I think it's beautiful to think that if in this uh, sex shop scenario that it is a balloon animal artist who saves all of us. Because you, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't have picked it, would you? No. If you were to make a list of, say, the top ten professions most likely to save humanity, I don't think, I don't think they'd even be in the, in the top 20. Yeah, no. Maybe top 25? Maybe the top 25, sure. Sneaking at 24. Yeah. <laughs> oh, balloon animal artist. <laughs> um, so that's the episode. Down. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening to Two in the Think Tank. Um, we really do appreciate it. You can find us online. Uh, where you get podcasts. Yeah. and um, <laughs> Where you got this. But This is available wherever you got this. And But first, you can track down Angus Gordon here. Where can they track you down? On Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. And so what do you, like, you post things? Post things. I probably, like, I'll probably listen back to this and then I'll write them up as if I came up with them independently. Well, <laughs> a bunch of these you did kind of, you did come up with. So, you know, we and- could... We could absolutely be one hundred percent okay with that. Even regular people who don't aren't, don't even appear on the podcast, if they want to make something from this, um, if they have it in them to try to turn these things into reality, these mess of ideas—not just sketches, reality—yes, reality. Yes. <laughs> if they have it in them to flood the world with carbon monoxide, go for it. I say I mean, it doesn't seem that bad an idea. No, no, it doesn't. We've yeah. got to do something. We do have to do something, Angus. So, and so we Facebook. have to act. Yeah. It doesn't matter what action we have to take. <laughs> well, at this Any point, action. I would be happy with, with this. Just, you know. Yeah, something just... This is, this is what so many people seem to be saying about the climate debate in Australia. It's like, look, the industry just needs certainty, right? So, okay, fine. Well, this is certainty. We're going to be flooding the world with carbon monoxide. And all the industry is like, thank you. At least we now we, we can work with this, right? That's what business needs. Mm. Enough with the flip-flopping. You know what business hates? Quantum physics. Oh, they would hate quantum physics. That's oh, just, this absolutely. is why small small business, right, but like at the quantum scale is so difficult to pull off because of all the uncertainty. Because of the uncertainty. Mm. <laughs> I mean, surely on a, a Newtonian scale, small business works. See, but this is right. what a lot of podcasts, when they end... That's where the jokes stop. <laughs> yeah. This is when we fucking get going. Oh, yeah. These are jokes. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I think these are funny, but uh, <laughs> maybe the general public disagrees. This is this is absolutely 100% pure think tank. <laughs> um, are you just at Angus Gordon on Facebook? Angus Gordon on Facebook. Um, controversially, I've used my own name. Yeah, mm. great. And are they just befriending you as a person or are they it's following your page? Follow the page. Yeah, and right. also you can follow me on Twitter at, at Real Angus Gordon. Um, I don't tweet on it anymore. It's been taken over by a bot that spans LinkedIn profiles. Really? Wow. But very funny, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great that some of those and people you, are you getting And you can't get that back? Can't get it back. I've tried. Not very hard. But yeah, I also right. am, I think it's sort of a work of art. Have you ever, but a, do you, a like if you got in touch with Twitter, does Twitter go like, no, 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 we think that this is the real account. Yeah, they think it's the... This, <laughs> this bot spare, spamming LinkedIn profiles, That's that seems legitimate to me and you are probably the fraud in because this Because I changed email. It was on my old email. I can't remember my old email password. Do you so think, they can't nah, you're get done. in, so I'm done. I know, but do you, think, do you think you might have clicked a bad link at one point? Well, I was probably trying to network... Yeah. A, and then on, it, LinkedIn. on LinkedIn, so you think it's a maybe it's actually a part of LinkedIn. Feels like the kind of garbage that they would have on there, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just you know, and not even other comedians, just anyone. Yeah, great. It's sending LinkedIn profiles off. And do you have a podcast, or do you have like a, a secret podcast that's going to come out one day? Many secret podcasts that will. It's you can't plug them because they will never be released. But no? if you meet me, I've pe- I've appeared on an episode of your secret podcast. Well, one of, of my secret podcast. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. One of your secret podcasts. Could you just release all the pilot episodes of the podcasts that you've This is something tried that we talked do. about recently. We did talk oh, about it. I, I was on an episode. I should plug it. I was on an episode of Primates, which will probably be coming out this week with Angus, Matt Stewart's podcast. We mm. recorded it in Matt's car as, we as he gave me a lift to Balan. Yeah. 
And uh, I've appeared on Primates once before, or th- even three times. And you can go and find that there. It's an excellent uh, prime Primate-based podcast. And I was also on an episode of Book Cheat, which will be coming out soon, I imagine, with Dave Warnicky. So check out all of those things if you're not already. Two probably much more successful podcasts than this one. And I've also just read a book and never told anyone about it before. Um, what it was it? You- was it the book of Totoro? It was the Bible, the greatest book. Have you really read that recently? Yes. Wow. Job's my favourite book in the Bible. Yeah? Just bad stuff happening to Job. I love it. Yeah? <laughs> get, a real, get a lot of schadenfreude when you read the book of Job. Do you, feel, do you feel like God's logic checked out in that scenario? Like, looking back on it, right? Do you think God was on the, on the right side of that whole Job scenario? I think he just got talked into it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's talking to the devil, and the devil's like, well, let me have a shot. And God's like, ah, I guess... It's, the thing is, mm. you're forgetting the devil is probably badgering God, twenty, mm. you know, like a child in sure, the backseat. Sure, sure, sure. I want to destroy the life of one of your followers. <laughs> Can I have a chocolate like in the supermarket? And sometimes God is just going to be sick of the nagging. Right. You get worn down, don't you? You just get, all right, fine. Just for the peace. And quiet. Destroy his crops, kill his children, and then also give him boils. That seems to be <laughs> for Job on equal level. The icing on the cake. Boils on my... <laughs> I mean, i got to read this thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's all good stuff. It's I mean, good. I haven't read it. But, it's a great but, book. You, know, you, can, you, can, you can piece it together from Simpsons references. Not enough comedy is done about the book of Job. And his name is so close to Job as well. That is funny. I <laughs> yeah. do like that. I remember I, the fir- I was introduced to that watching the first Mission Impossible movie. And uh, really, he, yeah, they refer to he, he that's one of the passwords he's trying to find or whatever. And it's like, and he talks about and it writes Job, but it's spelt Job. And you go, Well, that's stupid. <laughs> that's why it's, um, this whole movie has fallen apart. Yeah. Steve Job was so um, successful because Job is in his name, mm. Steve Job. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at Two and Tank. I'm at Stupid Old Andy, and I'm at Alistair TB. You and, can support uh, us on Patreon if you want to give us, uh, you know, a couple of words, three words, or whatever. Yeah, or eight dollars, you can get all the bonus episodes. Bonus episodes, you can get, uh, you know, Sci-Fi Try Guys, where yeah. we come up with science fiction concepts. And Alistair, both you and I have got to write a science fiction an episode, a, a, a short story, a science yeah. fiction short story before the next episode. And you know what? I haven't started. Oh man, I'm I've started writing a movie the other day. Oh great! Yeah, based on a two in the think tank idea. Fantastic. And we love you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.